0: International...
1: and take it away
2: <laughs> what a terrible start what a terrible start hello my babies hello my darlings hello my ragtime gal hello alia hello alia <laughs> alia yous alia use oh okay my name is benjamin cholock bishop of Princeton University, and this is episode one hundred and fifty seven of I Learn Nothing, a philosophy podcast for idiots. Complete morons. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> stupid. Welcome. Hey, welcome back, stupid. <laughs> hey, welcome back, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> all right, well, I guess Glad to have new... you back, stupid. That's the new rejoiner, I guess, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to this show. It's a new intro. Uh, how all, back, how, how are all of you? Um say hello to my uh, co-host and cohort. Uh, Mr. Pat Dean. I'm known to cohort <laughs> yeah. just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit.
1: You'll see me cohorting all over town, dude, but yeah. be cool about it. <laughs> right. Don't tell anyone.
2: <laughs> right? Just
1: enjoy it for what it is.
2: Don't ask for photos. Don't ask for... You know, yeah. autographs. Enjoy the moment. Live in the yeah. moment. For once in your fucking life. <laughs> Live for in the once. Moment. Get off your phones. Get all off right? your phones. Except unless for, you're listening to this. Except you're listening to this, yeah. <laughs> then
1: hold them tight in your hot little hand. Yeah. And don't let them out of your sight. <laughs> we need the numbers,
2: Ben. So We desperately need the numbers, folks. Desperately. <laughs> welcome back. Uh, we're back here for another installment of uh, our philosophy podcast, where I try to teach Pat uh, some philosophy. This is part two. Of a two-part series. Oh right! So we're almost done. We're almost done with this one series. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're we're halfway there, Ben. Um. Yeah. We're we're halfway there. <laughs>
1: we're we're nearing the finish line.
2: Yeah. Um. It's like Zeno's paradox. <laughs>
1: it's a lot like that.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: that's what I was thinking.
2: Right. Like halfway past this episode, you'll be halfway done with the close of the series, and then another fifteen minutes. Yeah. You'll be halfway done with that. Hmm. And then another seven and a half minutes, you'll be halfway done with that. Math checks out? Yeah. And then you'll never get done with it. So welcome. <laughs> welcome. Here's part two for yeah. that ass. The, the eternal part two for that ass. Part um, two for that ass. <laughs> part two for that ass. People
1: don't say for that ass anymore. And I kind of like, I, I, it's very <laughs> 90s, said, but it's who like... Who said for
2: that ass? People
1: would say it all the time. They'd, they'd be like, here's here's a new hit single for that ass. They'd, they'd say it in like like... Music and stuff. And like rap, they'd always say, for that ass. Here's a whatever for that ass. And people don't say it really too we much anymore. We should bring that back. It's kind of nice. It's yeah, just kind of silly. For that ass. Yeah. It reminds me, Ben, of a, of a simpler, sillier time in my life.
2: Yeah. Well, here's part two for that ass. Yes. Of our uh, our two-part series, uh, Analytic versus Continental Philosophy. Oh, my... <laughs> Fuck I like how you always forget what we're talking about. Well the yeah, banter. well of course I do
1: because it's more <laughs> it's just word mini word salads like that. What the, what does that mean? Do that mean anything?
2: Do you remember what we talked about in the last episode? Sure. <laughs> no, you don't <laughs> All right, what, do you mean? what is analytic philosophy?
1: Analytic philosophy is when you take a second and you step back and you really take a look at what's really going on and you go <laughs> this you then you can, you know, say this is a good thing or you can say let's shift that paradigm, baby. <laughs> you know what? That's actually not half bad. <laughs> I told you, dude. It's not half bad. What can I say? All right. Well, <laughs> I pr- by, by the way, that's That's how I get by in life. People going, you know what? I thought you were gonna be really fucking dumb, but you were only kind of (laughs) dumb. You were only kind of dumb, yeah. (laughs) Here's your driver's license. (laughs) Just I'm just so
2: (laughs) then I've just it's just been a lifetime of skating by. Just skating by. God, that's funny, because that's kind of how I feel like what continental philosophy has been doing this whole time. Really? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Huh. So you're saying that where where analytic philosophy uh Grinds your thought process to a grinding halt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> continental philosophy is a lot more freewheeling. It's a little more fun, but it oh. also <laughs> is it Ben a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, we are <laughs>
1: philosophers, but we like to <laughs> we have put, a little bit of fun. Yeah, they put
2: here. The, they drape their sport coat over their yeah. shoulder. You know, they got one. They got one foot on the chair. You know, and they say to people like to, new to hires... to show that they're not like any other teacher. They say to the new hires, you know here's
1: the bottom line here. You don't have to be crazy to work here, but it helps. helps. (laughs) And That line kills every single time.
2: (laughs) Okay, so that actually is sort of a byline for... uh, Hey, welcome to your job. We're all
1: mentally ill, apparently. (laughs) Apparently, we're insane.
2: Yeah. Welcome. (laughs) You know what will really help with your success... Being mentally ill, (laughs) our checks do
1: not clear, yeah. (laughs) And because we're insane people and we don't know what we're doing,
2: we don't know what we're doing. Welcome, yeah. You're
1: and you're a part of it now. We're family, (laughs) you're now a part of the tapestry that is our professional life.
2: All right, so continental philosophy, yes, as opposed to analytic philosophy, um, which is
1: fucking bullshit, dude.
2: (laughs) Which one, analytic or or continental? Um, probably. Continental has much more delicious breakfasts.
1: That's a very good point. It, yeah. So, okay, you know, i has, has better breakfast. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but so the main difference between okay, so there is primarily a geographical difference between analytic and continental philosophy. What? Yeah. So basically. you're telling me
1: that continental philosophy is a physical place rather than a state of mind.
2: Well, it's both. Hmm. It's both, but it's primarily a place. (laughs) Continental philosophy is, is for the most part, practiced on continental Europe, as opposed to uh, England and the Anglophone world, which includes the United States.
1: Oh, okay. okay.
2: So analytic philosophy, for whatever reason, is practiced mostly in Britain and in the United States, Canada... Uh, Australia, etc. Nice. And then continental philosophy is the philosophy that happens in Europe that everyone else is that like. everyone else is doing. So basically, it's like the metric system of philosophy. If you don't speak English, this is the philosophy you're into. Yes, basically. I got yeah. a real problem with that. <laughs>
1: this is the only language that I speak.
2: So where do I fit in? What's funny is that I would expect you to enjoy continental philosophy a little more, really, because it's a little more freewheeling. And it's, it's a little, like I said, it's a little more fun. Sure, of course. <laughs> it sounds really fun so far i mean it's french you know <laughs> it's german it's um there's some english philosophers who are counted in the uh continental tradition some say wittgenstein is like he's like on the fence between analytic and continental philosophy but so but you're saying most british
1: philosophers <clears throat> look at continental philosophy and they're, and they're like
2: i don't i don't know about all of that yeah basically yeah basically yeah that's exactly right british people yeah
1: the <laughs> they're just worst. like mm,
2: tut, tut the worst people yeah. <laughs> but anyway
1: so well okay i'll say okay. this they're not the worst people however they're the worst people that we can make fun of because they're also english speakers
2: Yes, that's true. But they're also kind of the worst people. They are not the best, yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying it's they not... They invented the concentration uh, camp.
1: How about this? It's not racist to hate England. <laughs> I think we can all agree.
2: No, it's not racist to hate England. Yes. No, of course not. Good. Good, good, good. <laughs> that should be a new t-shirt. <laughs> it's, it's not racist it's, to hate England. It's not racist to hate England. <laughs> oh, I'm actually going to write that down. Because that's, that's just so fucking st- That's the stupidest thing. It's also not wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong. No. It's not racist to hate England. <laughs> anyway, so while you're writing that down, that, that so hate-mongering stupid. thing. Um, so analytic philosophy, yes, is, is primarily, like we mentioned in the last episode, yeah. um, it was uh, spearheaded by uh, uh, Bertrand Russell, G.E. Moore, and to a certain extent, Ludwig Wittgenstein. My my man, my boy. Right, that's your right. main guy. Yeah, my main your guy. Your number one. Yes, um, he's my number one. But uh, so he does a good job of straddling the fence between like analytic and continental, and we'll see why in a second. But um, for right now, what are the most like famous philosophies that you know of, just off the top of your head, besides what I've taught you? Existentialism. Okay, and <laughs> I can said say it, that word now. Said it correctly. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> see, here's I used to
1: not be able to say that word because I was focusing on the X E X. Yeah. When actually you say like eggs, which is dumb because there's nothing in there that would should make it sound like that but it does yeah you say it <laughs> <But> whatever <laughs> just anyway of...
2: but existentialism is part of the continental tradition
1: bullshit
2: no no it's true bullshit it is <laughs> why why do you think it's not
1: just it's just bull just, you're
2: full of shit dude <laughs> why of are sh- you saying that then you're a nice <laughs> guy but you're full of shit on this one <laughs> no this is true it's just a historical fact. It's not even a philosophical thing. Uh, wh- whatever existentialism you existentialism counts as part of the continental tradition. Whatever you want to say. <laughs> Why are you disagreeing? <laughs> are you saying that existentialism belongs to the analytic tradition? I'm just saying that you're fucking <laughs> wrong and you're full of shit. Okay, on most things. No, your um,
1: stance on civil rights. I no, mean, no, I'm not no, 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 no. That, no, the no, stuff that you fucking. No. <laughs>
2: All right. So <laughs> existentialism does count as part of the continental tradition. Okay. Okay. You know <laughs> Despite what? Ben? you think you you make a pretty good point. I'm going to have to concede. All right, fine. But also um it's predecessor phenomenology. <laughs> We've talked about this. I know we did. We, didn't. Have. we <laughs> It's such a it's just phenomenology. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um German idealism post structuralism structuralism all the best all the best all the Fuck hits yeah all the hits this is like the dream team of it's fucking philosophy it's the dream philosophy. team of philosophy deconstruction oh baby yeah yeah
1: is there an isaiah thomas one that was kind of like left out you know, um, should have been there who
2: would that be that would probably be structuralism okay so yeah.
1: structuralism is is the isaiah thomas of sure. a, of uh philosophy my uh my brother when he jordan
2: was... jordan would be who would Jordan be now? Um what well, the time?
1: No, you have to take it in the context of the of the time, I think. I mean, he he's like he was number one.
2: You know what? So who's the of, of the continental tradition. I would, say, I would say Marxism is is Jordan. Really? Yeah. Because Marxism is is the most prominent, like self-contained philosophy within the continental tradition, I would say. Okay. Um and also it 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 uh <laughs> just like those Bolsheviks. Yeah. They, uh, they, they've they they got like little fingers in everything, you know? Fuck yeah. Yeah, Marxist critique extends into literature, into like psychoanalysis, into all these like aspects of human thought. I'll tell you what- So bas- Marxism is actually very endemic in a way. The basketball
1: player that I miss the most is definitely um, fucking John Starks. Remember that guy? No. He was on the Knicks and he was just really mad all the time. He was just always <laughs> mad. And he was, you know, good, but he that would was probably just super be Schopenhauer
2: pissed. then. Okay, that'd be Schopenhauer in the continental tradition. I love this. I love this exercise. Okay. What about uh, let's? Who take... this on the on the dream team? Well, the dream team. Jordan also is Marxism. Had, had I'm pretty a... sure, just because of Marxism's influence. Carl Malone. Carl
1: Malone's whole game is like ooh, John Stockton ooh. passes him the ball, and he's in the post, and he just you know does his thing. He, I, I think he has, he like he's like a one of the most dominant offensive players ever
2: carl malone yeah i would say he's he's psychoanalysis slash freud yeah interesting because because they often are paired against each other too right carl malone versus jordan like wasn't that a a, ma- a major thing?
1: I mean, they weren't like huge rivals. Car- the thing with Carl Malone is he never won for a
2: playoff, though. He never won a rank. Oh
1: yeah, they yeah they they played against each other in the playoffs. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah.
2: I would say, I would say, yeah. I, I would say Malone is probably yeah. Freud psychoanalysis. Interesting. Yeah, Marx is because because here's the thing is that in the continental tradition uh, around the 20th century, that's right around where like Freud was. Um, kind of coalescing his ideas about psychoanalysis, the, the idea of like the ego id, superego. All the weird sex All stuff. the weird sex shit, the Oedipal the Complex, all that stuff. Um, that was sort of like a, an interpretation of reality from the individual, from the subjective point of view. And then Marx's uh, point of view was more from a sociological perspective, more based on like, you know... Uh, the overall impact of like labor, capital, resources, all that shit. Okay, right? Um I would say Marx is more uh just politically, obviously, um uh influential than Freud is, but Freud w- made a huge impact in continental philosophy after after the 20th century. Yeah. Um so I would say <laughs> in sum <laughs> I would say Marxism is basically Jordan and psychoanalysis slash Freud's theory is Malone interesting and they interact a lot in the 20th century much like Michael Jordan and Carl Malone did you know it's interesting because I feel like <laughs> neither
1: one of us know enough about sports to really have this conversation that we fucking pulled it off I think I think we pulled it off okay yeah. we can do sports radio <laughs> yeah let's do it <laughs> So, there is this guy, Mike Francesa, who, uh-huh. he was on this um, this uh, somewhat legendary radio show. Legendary. Uh, legendary <laughs> uh, radio show, uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. It, yeah. it was, like, on, an, I believe, only in New York City, but it was um, a very um, popular, like, sports radio show. And uh-huh. this guy, Fonseca, is the most humorless man who has ever lived. I saw him recently in a movie. I forget... He he plays um, Is, I you know what I think he's in um, that Adam Sandler movie with the with the betting. He he's like a he plays. um he, he's he's in a restaurant. Gem- he he's, he oh, places fuck. the bets form or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Okay, he's yeah. actually he's actually a pretty good actor, but he was just being himself. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. He's kind of a blowhard, know it all type of type of guy, and and he talks slowly, uh-huh. and he will never admit that he's wrong or did something incorrect. And so there's all of these YouTube compilations of people just calling in, just trying to fuck with this guy. Yeah, and it's the funniest thing in the world because he doesn't think it's funny at all. He does not roll with it. He doesn't like it. He gets angry. <laughs> like there's one where he falls asleep. He clearly is falling asleep. Uh-huh. And, and like and now Why do they have
2: him on the radio if he's falling asleep. I don't know. But he's on <laughs> he's on TV. Like they they okay. they do a
1: simulcast visual it's a, you know, every radio sure. show is visual now these days, you know, yeah, I mean? yeah. good ones at least. And so there's he's on video falling asleep uh-huh. and then going like this and then kind of doing the huh, 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 huh? Looking around kind of thing yeah. and being confused and being weirded out. And he keeps saying, like, no, I didn't fall asleep. I never fell asleep. And it's like, you you
2: did. (laughs) We saw you. Well, he
1: cannot admit that he's ever (laughs) wrong, ever. So look at Sports Talk Radio is just filled with the weirdest fucking people, man.
2: (laughs) Just the oddest people. I would like to see, like, a bunch of, like, if we can, like, resurrect philosophers from the dead and have them comment on sports, I think that'd be really fucking funny. I mean, they'd be, be... so fucking funny. Imagine
1: being ripped from the afterlife, if there is one, to come back yeah. to just do that. You'd it would like, just be
2: Marx and Nietzsche screaming. Yeah. And everyone else would just be kind of in the, uh, uh, to the sides being like, we're going to rain about this.
1: I'd <laughs> ask them. I, I would say, what is on the other side of the veil? Tell me. I need to know. <laughs> and then if they said they probably just scream at you and if they said like yeah there's afterlife i'd be like all right that's cool and then i would just, what is it i would i wouldn't even ask i would just try to be the a really good person and then i would go and then if they said there wasn't an afterlife i'd be like all right then who gives a shit <laughs> and then i really rock and roll <laughs> If I knew then there was there really was, rock and roll. If I knew there was there was no sort of I'm not even necessarily talking about heaven, just some sort of after consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Basically, yeah. if there's no life
2: after death, dude, that's when I start rocking. <laughs> I mean, I guess that is kind of like a, a litmus test for like your morality in a way. Oh no, you know? I
1: I'd still try to
2: be nice, but I would, you know if, Well you know, I guess, like, yeah. If there's no afterlife, then I'd start living a little harder. I guess, yeah, yeah. that's true. I wouldn't I, like hurt people, but I'd start living harder.
1: I think that this, really, if you think about it, this podcast is our afterlife. It will, it will still be on yeah. the internet after we fucking die. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> that our voices will still be heard. Yeah, this still one. Be this, people this, listening. Is, this is
2: the bad one too, so yep. it's free. And people, so it's going to be out there forever. Cuz
1: I feel like people are going to keep <laughs> listening to this podcast until they die. Yeah. That's how good this podcast is. It's
2: how fucking nuts good it is. Yeah, we're it's so good that people yeah. listen to death until, yeah. <laughs> their death, until they're death. They will listen. <laughs> it's their it's their dying wish. It's the until <laughs> death guarantee. Yeah, they, they make the priest put their headphones in and then it's like those old walkman yep. like fuzzy Yep. Headphones. And Fuck they're you. like, I just want to listen to I Learn Nothing until I die. Do it. Yeah, do it. Way to die.
1: <laughs> Try not to do that again, stupid. <laughs> Way to
2: die is stupid. <laughs> another,
0: Better luck next another, time, another, <laughs> fuckface.
2: Another T shirt As you lay dying. <laughs> All right. So continental philosophy. We've talked about, you know, uh, <laughs> the Jordan, which is Marxism. Um, but le- let's... Get a more historical um, perspective here. Uh, so uh, the way the way continental philosophy, s- like as a term, started was by analytic philosophies wh- philosophers who are like, oh, these people they're they're continental. They're not like they can't sit with us. Ooh. Basically, it's 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 kind of like a slur in a way. It's it's a little bit of a uh, of a derogatory term. Wow, but it's sort of it's one of those terms that took its own life right and defined itself and so it, much it, like the deplorables a little bit sure yeah remember that? that's <laughs> a horrible fucking analogy basket of deplorables yeah what the fuck that was such a weird thing to say is that what she said a basket she
1: said someone like that she's a she basket of she I said like s- a basket or that's something funny something of deplorables and then yeah. they're like fuck it we're deplorables they're like they embraced it they love yeah it. yeah
2: that's a bad move yeah <laughs> But anyway, these deplorables, the the <laughs> the continental philosophers. Yes. Um they can kind of trace roughly a um like a genealogical uh uh thread from at the very least Kant. So it starts with Kant, okay? Kant your bo- your started it plan. all. Kant is sort of the godfather of continental philosophy.
1: And definitely the godfather of philosophers not having sex. Yeah. For a long time there, every philosopher Ben brought to the show was completely sexless <laughs> and just would think about life. <laughs> For a life while there, yeah. And just think about life, and, yeah.
2: but definitely not sex. Ooh, you don't want to do that. No, but there are so many philosophers who did think about sex a lot.
1: Yeah, some of them. The French ones are definite. <laughs> the French ones, you know, yeah. uh, they're definitely. Uh, well, we'll
2: talk about a lot of the French ones actually on perverted this. Perverted intellectuals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the French are just yeah. perverted intellectuals. Way to go! It's true. <laughs> <laughs> got to You got to hand it to them, though. I I, 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 yeah, I respect the French tradition. <laughs> you have to a little. Yeah, a little I mean, bit. You have to
1: at least, and you, ha- you also have to at least go. Consider it. Yeah, you have to go. Like, is that a better yeah, way of bet? Living? <laughs> is that a better way of living? Is their government a better thing? Descartes was. Yeah, you the, got to think about Descartes it.
2: Descartes is considered the father of modern philosophy, of modern Western philosophy. Oh, Okay. Yeah, and he's French as fuck. I think, therefore, yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Uh, so, I, in a way, continental philosophy can be traced all the way back to Descartes. But then, so can so can um, analytic philosophy in a way. So. No duh. Yeah but the main the main point of departure I would say is Kant, and then Kant and his like uh, his th- whole theory of transcendental idealism which uh <laughs> i I can't imagine you remember but uh <laughs> transcendental idealism is no basi- I totally do <laughs> oh yeah, what is it? It's
1: when you gotta just let your freak flag fly, dude. <laughs> No. Because <laughs> if you don't, you'll be left in the dust. <laughs> so you really got to, look, unspool that goddamn flag.
2: Very quickly, tr- transcendental idealism is roughly the theory that um, the objects of consciousness are what make up our our entirety of knowledge. Um, and what that is made up of, essentially, is is internal ideals or ideas it's basically like think of so so far that's basically what i said (laughs) (laughs) think of like you're you're inside of a bubble and you see like images projected on the surface of the bubble towards you right and you can make sense of these images right um, because the prism of the bubble sort of like manipulates the images in a way that you can understand. This bubble I call my home. Yes, the bubble you call your home. Okay, but the, but the stimuli that are coming from the outside world that are hitting your bubble, they're completely different, and they're incomprehensible, because the only way you know anything is from inside the bubble. Okay? So yeah. your bubble is hitting... Uh, outside stimuli is hitting your bubble and your bu- your bubble is processing it it processing it in a way where you can understand it using forms and ideas and like sensory perceptions that you can understand and process right yeah but the stuff that's coming from outside the bubble is just chaotic mess that's being made comprehensible by your bubble right okay cuz Get that shit away from my bubble, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my so, bubble
1: is a sacred place, <laughs> all right?
2: So that's transcendental idealism. The Moops. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Moors. <laughs> I'm sorry. It says the, the moops. moops. Um so <laughs> the that that is a very rough approximation of what tra- the theory of transcendental idealism is. Um and that's Kant's like major takeaway, okay? And that's sort of where we go with the uh, with the whole tradition of, of continental philosophy. Okay. Okay. So we have a couple other like people that branch off from Kant. One main guy is Hegel. Okay. Do you remember Hegel at all? We talked about him yeah. in one episode, but he's incomprehensible. We probably need to do a part two on him. Because I love it. He's no, you wouldn't because Hegel fucking sucks. To be honest. Why? <laughs> Because his, his shit is incomprehensible, and it's obfuscating, and it's, um... I'm just not a fan. I'm okay. not a fan of Hegel.
1: What are his politics? Uh, I he, only follow he's 18th century philo- uh, philosophers whose politics align with mine.
2: Okay, so he's, like, ba- vaguely, like, conservative statist, I guess you could say. You son of a bitch. So... <laughs> So, <laughs> I don't think uh, you'd like we're Hegel. Just <laughs> we're just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what's funny about... What's even funnier uh, about continental philosophy is that it uh doesn't really exactly trace a coherent path, but it also uh, includes, like, um, rebellions against it, you know? So, there are a lot of, like... So, basically... Continental philosophy starts with Kant and kind of leads into Hegel and what's called German idealism, okay? And that's sort of the idea that, like, history is this process that uh, winds its way into coinciding with, uh, like, transcendental ideals and, like, uh, uh, forces, like, beyond our experience. Like, you know how uh, uh, an apple is red because it encapsulates the notion of redness, you know, that whole... What? Platonic idea, god damn it. <laughs> what, the, what we talked about this last time. Um, well, then why are we talking about it this time? <laughs> because you don't remember, obviously. <laughs> so, do you, okay, so let's go back to Platonic Idealism. Do you remember Platonic Idealism? <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> fucking rules, dude. <laughs> so, w- Plato, I, well, I,
1: well, people always talk about that, uh, about the Platonic. Whatever. The platonic ideal. Yeah, I know about that stuff.
2: Okay. I'm just going to take your word for that. I mean, I don't know know
1: what it is, but I've heard of it.
2: (laughs) It's basically like if you see an apple and it's red, right? Yeah. It gets its redness from the concept of redness, which exists as like a transcendental ideal. Okay. Okay? So anything that's red gets its redness from this transcendental ideal of redness. Okay? Okay. All right. What an unbelievably dumb thing to even think about. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like that's pretty, That's what Aristotle said. That's so dumb. <laughs> Why even talk about that? That was fucking Plato's like whole thing. And Aristotle was like that's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> so you're you're not a Platonist.
1: You know what? Everything fun- I've funny. heard about this guy makes me feel like I'm no, I'm not. Maybe yeah. I'm not a
2: Platonist. You're an Aristotelian.
1: Yeah, maybe. I think so. Maybe I'll get a universality. There are like tattoo. a lot of
2: binaries in philosophy, and one main main binary is: Are you a pl- uh, a Platonist or an Aristotelian? Man, you're an Aristotelian. I can tell. So am I.
1: You know, it's crazy that we even <laughs> still talk about these guys. Like they like, but these guys definitely existed, right? There's like historical. Yeah, at least
2: Plato did. Yeah, there's... Socrates, maybe. Oh, really? Maybe. Huh. It's sort of like Jesus. Like, uh, there might have been some guy named Socrates, but all the stories that we attribute to him might not be true. Well,
1: wasn't he, he's that fool who like, uh, uh, he didn't write anything down. It was all his assistant or whatever.
2: He was the one who just walked around the forum in in Athens and asked people obnoxious questions. That guy,
1: okay. I and then that, he was
2: assassinated for doing. that. I knew that. that there
1: were some, which is
2: like that's okay, fine, that's annoying, but you don't get to kill him over that. I think you do. <laughs> I think I think in, anci- in ancient Greece, yeah, you absolutely do, absolutely. They absolutely. It did. wouldn't fly today. They were like, they were like,
1: fuck this yeah. guy. <laughs> but wasn't who's the guy who's a philosopher or whatever, and he never wrote anything down, and the only reason we know about him is because of his like assistant or a student or whatever.
2: That's Socrates. Yeah,
1: that's what I fucking said! Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I didn't say you were wrong. Oh, I thought you did. No. That was so confused. <laughs> what a world.
1: Um, that's, okay, So, but it's just crazy to think about. So Plato definitely existed. So he's just some guy, and we're still talking about him.
2: Yeah. It's just That's crazy. Well, he was like the first guy to talk about some shit. Hmm. Like that kind of shit. Interesting. He was the first guy to talk about like... What it really means, or what, or what actually exists? No, he's not the first guy to talk about that, but he was the first guy to kind of like, he was the first one theories. to put
1: soul into it.
2: Well, that's a, okay. So that's a little bit. So that's the thing about continental philosophy is that, as opposed to analytic philosophy, which is that it it uh, it, it it's sort of in a in a Platonist tradition, uh, tries to build up theories to explain things. It's a little more totalizing. It's a little more like top down, as opposed to analytic philosophy, which is like bottom up, which is like let's talk about the little problems and build from there. Okay, called induction. With uh, with continental philosophy, there's a bit of more of a trend of like deductive, like top down, like uh, you know, chrome
1: spinning. I'm loving these damn women. Remember that song? (laughs) No. Top down. (laughs) Well, I think that's uh I think that's uh when the last time you heard it like this it's fucking what's his name I don't know Pharrell <laughs> okay I think that's clips, <laughs> too. anyway I completely interrupted okay. what you're saying go
2: so anyway so <laughs> there's this kind of general trend towards like uh, totalizing theory making but then there's also this undercurrent of people um sort of rebelling against uh, uh continental philosophies. Tr- Idealist trend, uh, and that's represented by uh, rogues and mavericks such Whoa. as such as Soren Kierkegaard, me, you. I consider myself a rogue. Yeah, and and Friedrich Nietzsche.
1: Okay. Okay. This and, is to a bad an, and to and to a man. lesser
2: extent, Schopenhauer. Um, Schopenhauer. Shopes? The Schopes. Schopenhauer is kind of a wild card he's uh he's interesting he's a very he's like the only what what pe- everyone kind of agrees is a pessimistic philosopher he hmm. he's sort of he's he's not quite antinatalist but he basically is he's also a precursor to existentialism because he kind of says that uh the world is nothing but like striving frothing will it's just like you know will is like what makes up the universe okay. And it's blind and it's uh you know ruthless and it doesn't uh have any sort of, it's almost like a like a um an Eldridge god you know it has no morality, no compass yeah it's just it it just enacts
1: it's so far outside of our understanding it, it's
2: outside of our understanding so Schopenhauer is probably one of the first people to sort of recognize that idea and 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 Uh, sort of recognize the idea that the cosmos, the entire universe, is indifferent and beyond our comprehension and is just like frothing with actions... Yeah, maybe yours. ...that we can never understand. (laughs) I understand a lot of it. Okay. Ask me anything about the cosmos. Well, right, and he says... He's like... well, One of the things that he says is that science only carves out the smallest sliver of our understanding of what we actually experience... And then, like the other ninety nine percent of our experience is completely incomprehensible, and like mm. subject to, you know, I don't know, luck or, or fate or destiny or okay. like whatever things yeah, I think that I agree are beyond that. our comprehension. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and he says that the only way for us to, uh, it, and this is kind of a reason why Wittgenstein sort of was drawn to Schopenhauer because he has the same therapeutic approach to philosophy, is that. Uh, Schopenhauer basically says that the only way to have any sort of close to a meaningful life uh, and he he doesn't really necessarily believe that we can have a meaningful life but the closest we can get to it is through art is through expression of this will this like blind will that like acts through us through the world through like everything It's it's pantheistic in a sense but also you know Channels itself through conscious, different consciousnesses, like ours, yours, and mine, you know, uh, collective consciousness, hive minds, fucking uh, plants, animals, all this shit. He's like, it's all just this part of like this like blind, like grasping nature that there's no bound to and no limit to. It reminds me of the Sandman sure the comic book series at least a little bit yeah kind of covers all all that stuff i think the tv show does too i'm sure i'm I'm sure that he that neil gaiman probably uh how do you know about neil gaiman what (laughs) i know about neil gaiman who told you (laughs) who told you about him I'm sure that he has this some influence from. Told
1: you about Neil. <laughs>
2: from Schopenhauer. Schopenhauer has been around. He's the guy you've seen a picture. I've showed him a picture of you. Uh, I've, I've showed. <laughs> Wait a minute. Sorry. I've shown you a picture of him. Okay. And he's the grumpiest looking philosopher of all time. Nice. I've shown I've shown you a picture of him. I'll look him up. Look him up. <laughs> look him up. Keep going, you're Benny. You're gonna be. It's gonna be so funny. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So th- I think I agree with most of that. Okay. Yeah. So that's sort of a a, a bit of a. Uh, an alternate take to um like Hegel's Oh yeah, I do yeah. remember this guy. Yeah, you remember he, that guy. He looks
1: like he looks like a furious like a uh, like like orchestra conductor. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? This guy is he's so mad. so upset.
2: I read I read also um there's one episode I can't remember which one but I read uh, a <laughs> a letter addressed to him from his mom basically telling him that he sucks. <laughs> telling him that he's like a tough hang and is like really grumpy all the time and it's like you are such a fucking like like a bummer a bummer you're such a bummer wow <laughs> his own mom one thing
1: about about schopenheimer is that according to him <laughs> salvation from our miserable Schopenhauer,
2: existence well hold on
1: <laughs> whatever this fucker's name is one thing about him that I do know is that <laughs> he thinks that salvation from our miserable existence can come through the will's being tranquilized by the metaphysical insight that reveals individuality to be merely an illusion.
2: <laughs> right yeah. very nice very good. good reading from wikipedia what i don't trust anything on there Schopenheimer. Schopenheimer. who was i thinking of yeah, i don't know i think there's like a schopenhauer conductor or something. i mean to be fair that's a really german-ass name yeah schopenhauer schopenhauer yeah yeah god ridiculous <laughs> sucks it does um, it does sound
1: delicious though it does yeah, sound like a it's delicious like a german it's
2: like a nice plump schopenhauer give me a schopenhauer yeah, yeah a schopenhauer just, yeah. with cheese Ooh, that sounds good
1: yeah i picture a lot yeah, of ham. on a
2: pretzel bun
1: yeah some Ooh. kind of bread yeah alternate bread thing <laughs> and ham yeah a schopenhauer wrapped in ham a donut with ham inside oh a schopenhauer <laughs> that's
2: a schopenhauer let's start selling them yeah that sounds great. Yeah. It sounds delicious. You're sure. right. That sounds delicious. Let's do it. <laughs> it says basically a ham and cheese kolache. <laughs> All right. I wonder what that would taste like. I bet it would... You know what? A ham and cheese... Oh, oh, a don't... Do you mean like... A, yeah, I think it'd be okay. Like a glazed donut? Like yeah. a sweet glazed donut? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. From 11-11. With, with... With... Ham and cheese inside. Yeah, you cut I it. O- be, you cut it, and it's like a sandwich. I bet that'd be really good. Actually, it's probably okay. Yeah, Dude, I bet that'd be. And here's fucking what you do. You,
1: then you cut out the inside of like the circle. You cut that ham out, and so yeah. now it's just inside the actual donut. Uh-huh. And then so you eat that as a sandwich. And then your reward for after you're done with this <laughs> is you take that like little circle looking thing <laughs> of ham and you slap your face with it <laughs> over and over again, and you think about. What you just did? <laughs> all right, so they're extra sweet this morning, kids,
2: <laughs> my boys. So, uh, all right, so we got Kant, Hegel, um, Hegel kind of uh, uh, elicited uh, a lot of, uh, yeah, pushback, and that came from Kierkegaard, Nietzsche, uh, Schopenhauer a little bit. Oh, one funny thing. Okay, last thing about Schopenhauer. Yes. Is that, so he was, he's also kind of a contemporary of Hegel. He, he like taught at the, I, I believe either the University of Jenner or the University of Berlin. I can't remember which, but. Oh, um, Berlin for sure. Yeah. <laughs> either way, he taught at the if same university. I know university. This guy, the way I think I do, it's Berlin. <laughs> he taught at the same university as Hegel, but he was like way less of a popular professor. So he would like. So some people think that his pessimistic philosophy came from because his like lectures were so unattended. No one liked him. No one liked him because they all came. They all went to like Hegel's lectures. Man, <laughs> and he was just like pissed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's
2: gotta suck when you're like just as qualified. He's like, this guy fucking sucks, and he's like also like his philosophy was genuinely sort of opposed to Hegel's. So it's like, it, it, it's like chicken and the egg. Like, yeah, was his philosophy because he was like butthurt or was he butthurt because no one attended his lecture because his philosophy was different?
1: I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I feel like if he's enough of a prick that his mom writes him, like documents yeah. <laughs> how much she doesn't like him, then I think it's just natural.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's the level of just unpleasantness that yeah. I don't think you can learn. Anyway, but he had a he had quite an influence on um Nietzsche himself, uh also Freud, which was uh a, a Freud later baby. on Freud baby. Yeah. It's Freud baby. <laughs> um Freud became a major influence on continental philosophy later on in the 20th century like right after he uh It's funny because he his his like Psychiatric theories were really unscientific. <laughs>
1: yeah, it seems like it. And and were like In the rejected. Light of day.
2: Yeah, were rejected by like most psychologists. Um, so most of his adherents just kind of like jumped ship and went to the the humanities, basically. <laughs> like went to like uh, like you know uh uh like literary criticism and philosophy and like critical theory and all those areas instead of like psychologists. Um, but anyway, so that's how, like, Freud became influential in the 20th century. Um, Nietzsche, Kierkegaard, um, and then this fucking Nazi named Heidegger, uh, they all contributed to this uh, trend in continental philosophy called existentialism. Oh, which they're going to le- say Nazism. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Heidegger was a, a professed Nazi. That mother... Fucker, I yeah. knew
1: there was something off about that guy. I didn't <laughs> have him he begged. also
2: broke Hannah Arendt's heart, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that son of a bitch.
2: Yeah, he's a rat bastard, yeah. Um, but he was very influential when it came to um, awesome. uh, to continental philosophy. He uh, was a student of Husserl, uh, who was a well, we're all students of <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Do you know what he did? Husserl? Yeah.
1: Yeah. What's he famous for? Oh, he stole the cookies from the cook cookie jar. <laughs> no. Is that, is that what that's based on? No. Oh. <laughs> I thought maybe he was the
2: one who got caught Ste- stealing cookies from the k- cookie cook. Stop jar. doing that. That's... <laughs> no, Husserl invented phenomenology. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, do you Good remember friend. what phenomenology is?
1: Yes, I do. <laughs> It is when you search inside to become the best you that you possibly can, and you got to spread the love.
2: <laughs> a little. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. It's funny. I like you guessing because sometimes, like, you might get it. You're like, you're like ten percent there.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, man, that's a hey, Ben. Yeah. That's ten percent more than I had when I woke up this morning.
2: <laughs> Phenomenology is is uh, kind of a methodology um, of. Uh, uh, Documenting or chronicling experience uh, by bracketing the different experiences that you have and analyzing them within the context of your uh, general life, just the like, the time of your life, the time of your life, um, no, but the, like the 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 time that you spend living. Like, what do you do when you wake up in the morning?
1: Okay, I wake up. Um. I'm kind of like, whoa, and then you're kind of like, whoa.
2: like, yeah. what do you mean? They okay, wake, so.
1: wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm conscious again because I don't really I, I so, don't remember my dreams.
2: OK, so I but you take a moment to be to, to to recognize that you're awake.
1: Yeah. The way that it works with me is, like I said, I don't I, I, I know I dream, but I, I very rarely remember them. So essentially, I slowly fade into nothingness. And then in the morning, I'm like ripped out of the void. <laughs> So then I go, what the fuck? And then I'm like, oh, right. So I do that. I usually will just grab my phone and see if there's any important messages for the day. And then I um, probably use the restroom. Okay. And then When you
2: check for important messages, what happens if there's an important message?
1: I go... Ah, uh, and then I, I wait.
2: So you have this emotion of like frustration, it's extreme
1: frustration. And then uh, anytime, I, yeah, anytime I'm told anything important, I'm just so frustrated. Uh, I, I go, <laughs> and okay, that happens often. That. Not, not, no, not really. Okay. But I, I brace for it every fucking morning, though. I got to be honest. So you morning. brace for it. So there's a I moment. My, I wake up in the morning ch- and I brace myself for bad news. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So this is phenomenology. Yeah. It's just this process okay. of like of like analyzing every single experience that you have as you go through your entire day. I guess I'm a phenomenologist okay. then. Well, er, Walks I mean, like everyone a duck can be. Like a duck. It's not, yeah, it's no, no one no one can or cannot be. It's uh it's a entire pr- uh it's entirely up to like how you it's almost meditative in a way. Phenomenology is a way to just kind of like analyze the way that not just the way you're feeling but like what you're experiencing, what you're seeing, hearing tasting uh, what you're thinking uh, all of these things, okay this is phenomenology, okay and this was used as a tool to extend into existentialism uh, which was primarily kind of brought into being by Jean-Paul Sartre yeah, right Uh, Jean-Paul Sartre is um Sartre. Yeah. <laughs> All right? That's
1: how we say it in this house. Sartre.
2: No, it's Sartre. <laughs> in English, it'd be Sartre. Uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. Oh, my name's Mr. Sartre. Yeah, Sartre. Rhymes <laughs> with fart.
1: Sartre party of two? <laughs> I mean, that is a terrible name. Yeah, it's him, it's
2: him and Simone de Beauvoir. <laughs> His... His whore. No, I'm just kidding. The hell? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry. No, Simone de Beauvoir is a great philosopher. Um, she she was she? his. No, she is. She's fantastic. She wrote the Second Sex. It's a, a seminal work on uh, uh, I would say second wave feminism. I think. Um, but she was Sartre's partner. <laughs> Hers, her, her, his Sartner. <laughs> Um.
1: <laughs> oh so that hurt but oh, yeah, i kind of yeah, like yeah. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a kick in the
2: balls but yeah. i do i do like that so so, <laughs> so is sartre yeah so so simone de Beauvoir was Sart sartner god um, damn it uh, this is the uh, stupidest show uh, mm-hmm. uh, um thanks for listening i'm so sorry Thanks. yeah thanks for listening you guys we're almost done this is we're mapping out uh continental philosophy
1: yeah, so be patient.
2: Yeah. All right? So, okay, so you got you got Kant. You got Hegel, all right? Do Under I? Hegel, you have his like countercurrents. So you have Kierkegaard and Nietzsche. They kind of make up their uh, or they're precursors to existentialism. And they're not having it. They're not having it. Especially so both Kierkegaard and Nietzsche are very anti-Hegel. They don't like Hegel at all. They don't like his totalizing, um, almost tyrannical, in their view, uh, um, like take on philosophy, on what you're supposed to accomplish with philosophy. It's not supposed to be like a theory that you build up, it's supposed to be like more of a criticism. And so there's that very heavy strain in continental philosophy that's very critical. Yeah. Um, Critical of whatever the status quo believes whatever like people advance as a totalizing theory or a grand narrative um Nietzsche is probably the most vocal in that respect Kierkegaard too to a certain extent but Nietzsche was fucking loud <laughs> yeah <laughs> seems seems like he it he was loud um he was frankly more interesting than Kierkegaard um there's a reason why you know uh, disenfranchised fourteen-year-olds love to pretend to read Nietzsche. Yeah. Um, did Nietzsche- you do
1: that when you were? Oh yeah. There? Oh yeah. yeah I yeah. never did.
2: Well, I was well, I, I was sixteen, and I was like, I was trying to read Nietzsche, and I was and pretending. Like, I was like, pretending to understand it.
1: I'm Ben. I yeah. think everything sucks.
2: Fucking sucks. Yeah. Ben, fuck you. No, I'm I was ben. definitely one of those kids to a certain extent. Yeah. But then I went to college, and then I majored in philosophy, and then I was forced to actually read Nietzsche. Yeah um, and then you and, realized and then you realize that actually he's saying a lot more nuanced things than you than you'd think.
1: Well like most, you know,
2: things, like most things, yeah. <laughs> like the Bible to be honest with you. A little bit.
1: There is all kinds of stuff and that you just go like <laughs> what? What? That's what,
2: <laughs> what that's what
1: it is? Cuz I thought it was this and that's not even in it.
2: It's funny because like that's what the, the Talmud the translations. The Talmud is there to like comment on the Bible. The Talmud is basically like historical arguments. Yeah, and, and so, debates there's so many of those. Between between rabbis about biblical verses. And a lot of them are because of like the biblical verse makes no sense. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, God like decided to destroy this village for no fucking reason. Well, there had to be something. <laughs> yeah, right. And so you have these two Jews really just, do here. just being like, well, well, we can only assume from context that uh, there must have been a good reason. What year was this? Cuz like I love the, the idea,
1: I love the idea of them having that. Yeah, those, those it's accents? like
2: like like 600 BC or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and they have yeah, and they, the right. weird Polish New York accent. Yeah. Why would they have that? <laughs> but is the <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it sad <laughs> yeah the uh um, that at one time <laughs> yeah the the that's what the, the kabbalah
1: is too the, yeah the the zohar that's their book
2: well the zohar yeah but that's more mystical and that's a little more it's
1: crazy dude <whistles> yeah.
2: it is it's so tight we'll talk I, about sh- the, the kabbalah if you if you uh want to join our patreon folks for yeah. five dollars a month you might learn about the Kabbalah one of these days. Yeah, maybe. There is a lot to it, and I don't
1: want to get it wrong. So, like, I, I'm doing research on it, but it is fucking... Yeah, pretty nuts. Well, here's... One of the things is that you're talking about, <laughs> you know, vagueness, or you're talking about, let's figure this out, you know? Uh-huh. There's, um, you know how there's Moses? Yeah. And then he sees the burning bush okay and he's like well and he talks to God and he's like all right well like, I'll go tell everybody I'll, I'll go tell my boys about you but like who do I what who do I say sent me to you or whatever yeah and then he says like I am who I am or whatever yeah do you know that, that could also be translated as I am what I will become cool what the fuck how do we reconcile that <laughs> the answer the Zohar and <laughs> I don't understand it yet, but I hope to one day.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get there, folks. We'll get there. Give me like five years. Yeah. Do you technically
1: dollars a month? You're technically not supposed to study it unless you're 40 years old. And I think yeah, you're that's married.
2: true. So we're almost there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm almost 40,
1: and I I don't know if I have to be married. But <laughs> you're not even Jewish. <laughs> you're a Catholic. <laughs> yeah, but that's you know it's close enough. It's the most Jewish of the of the Christian faiths. That's Let's true. Be honest. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I count myself
2: as... <laughs> as a Jew. Honorary. All right. got to get through a couple more things. Okay. All right. With continental philosophy, we've talked about existentialism. Um, oh, so existentialism, basically... And, and, you know, refer back to episode 22 of uh, I Learned Nothing. That's I will. Our, that's our existentialist ep- episode. Yeah, that was back when I couldn't say the word. That's back when you couldn't say it. Yeah, that's right. Existentialist. Um, but existentialism, roughly, is a philosophy that kind of... Uh, uh, focuses on, you know, action and uh, the fact that you uh, do not have an essence. So uh, one of the main maxims of existentialism, which, w- which was, was professed by uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, uh, is uh, existence before essence. So remember we talked about it with just now with Platonism, there's an essence to things. There's the, a redness to an apple. There's like an appleness to an apple. There's a baldness to yourself. Um, you oh, know?
1: fuck
2: <laughs> you! But there's like, you know, the idea of there's an essence. There's like something that defines you prior to, to hmm. y- your actual existence. Um, with existentialism, that turns that on its head and it says no. With human beings, with free agents, with uh, someone who lives for itself pour soi, as opposed to in itself, en soi. Um, En soi. Pour soi means for itself. It's 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 an agent, a subjective agent that lives for itself, meaning that it makes decisions. Makes decisions in time because time is not absolute for it. Time only exists up to the present moment and doesn't exist past that. So there is no such thing as the future. With existentialism. And
1: it just keeps on slipping, 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 slipping <laughs> Time away.
2: Time keeps on slipping, slipping. <laughs> dink, dunk, <doo-dink. laughs>
1: into dink, the dink, future. Dunk, dunk, <laughs> Fly like an eagle. My name's Ben. Fly like an eagle. I am always fucking crying. My name's Ben.
2: <laughs> okay, so with existentialism. You're constantly thrusting yourself into the future with every one of your decisions, and that is what is defining you your existence, in other words, not your essence. There is no essence with an entity that is pour soi that is for itself hmm okay that's existentialism now we've got do you agree um to a certain extent i mean it's a uh, Uh, Yes and no. So here's where we get into post-structuralism, okay? Because that denies the idea that there is a unitary agent for which uh, time matters so much. The subject or the agent is actually composed of a lot of historical uh, facts, a lot of, um, uh, you know, fragmented identities based on, uh, you know, Point of origin, uh, gender, race, uh, sexuality, um, whatever—like all of these, like different aspects that uh, sort of make up a mosaic of the uh, of the uh, uh, agent of the subject. Right. So the subject is not unitary. The subject is actually fragmented and composed of a lot of different interacting uh, processes and historical circumstances, and, you know, identity nexuses, and shit like that, okay? so that's Identity nexuses. Nexuses. Like nexuses. It's like the plural of nexus. Okay? Okay. <laughs> so that's post-structuralism slash post-modernism. All right. Okay. Um, and that's sort of where we're at now. That's continental philosophy. It's uh, it's basically a miasma of all of these different traditions and schools of thought. Uh, it's primarily uh, uh, dis- um, primarily distinguished from analytic philosophy because it takes place in the continent. But also, these are some like overarching themes of it. Well, let me ask you this: and they include those traditions like existentialism, postmodernism, uh, Hegelianism, Marxism, uh, Kantianism, phenomenology in the Frankfurt school.
1: Would you say that it is in <laughs> fact inherently at war with itself? Um because of all these different schools of thought that well, all Well, yes and no.
2: Yes and no because like yeah, there are a lot of like schools of thought within con- what what we term continental philosophy um that contradict each other, but it's also one of those things where like it doesn't Neither, none of the competing parties consider themselves part of continental philosophy. Continental philosophy is a term used by Anglo-American oh, analytic right. philosophy. We've talked philosophers. about
1: we've talked about this concept. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's 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 the same thing. It's everything as that's saying, not
2: analytic philosophy, basically.
1: It's if you're an emo band, you will never say that you're an emo band ever, even though a little bit. You fucking, yeah. that's what you are, dude. Like the same thing. Those guys won't ever say that they're. That, yeah, they're not an emo but band. But they clearly
2: are. Yeah, and they'll accuse other, p- other bands of being emo bands. I mean, we don't even like, really like We're like not emo, emo bands. But, like, you're both emo bands. Yeah. That's what, like, yeah. And we're, we're analytic philosophy standing from, like, the island of Britain being like, you guys are all continental philosophers. And they're like, no, he's an existentialist and he's a deconstructionist. Do you remember, and it's like, okay. Remember when,
1: <laughs> uh, like, back in the day, like, calling someone, oh, you're so emo, like, it was just such a huge insult. No, everyone got so mad when they recalled it.
2: I know I never experienced that, really. I'm, I'm sure that's that happened, but... Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just, it's so funny. Like, looking back on it, it's so fucking funny. To just, just look back yeah, and be like... Yeah, you're emo.
2: You're so emo.
1: I bet those emo bands, to this day, won't admit it. That they're fucking emo. What's New metal a, who, bands
2: are the same thing. Who's an emo band? An
1: emo band? Fucking, like, Dashboard... You could say that they're an emo band, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, you could say, "Good Charlotte." Uh, I mean, maybe band? they're more like a power pop kind of thing. I, you know, <laughs> it's funny you say them because I was thinking about them <laughs> right before we recorded this. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I was thinking about they have some Good Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, they have a song. Uh, they're from Waldorf, Maryland. First of all. Oh really? Yeah, Ugh. and they have a song. Damn it! About like. I don't even. At, at the beginning, they're like, "This is to this goes out to all the kids who like didn't fit in and like all the kids who had to just ball up a fist." Well, guess what, everybody, we're here and let's rock and roll. Or like, like they do this like big talk uh-huh. up thing. But right at but right at the beginning, he's like, "Cause there's two there's two of them. There's the singer, and then there's the guitarist. They're twin brothers,
2: Uh-huh. and the guitarist
1: also <laughs> sings too. So they're like there's two of them basically. Yeah, and so." One of them says that. This is for all the kids who got picked on. And then the background, one of them, for no reason, goes, this is good Charlotte. And that's exactly how he says it. This is good Charlotte. And it made me hate the band. I, this is the first song I ever heard by them. And I was like, fuck you, dude. That is so lame. That is so fucking lame. So um, I would say they're more uh, I guess more power pop. I guess okay. I don't know. I haven't listened to them in a very long time. They probably, they definitely have emo influences. That's the other thing with emo is that there's hardly <laughs> any band that is strictly that's all they do. But there's definite emo aspects to uh, to, to that band. But I wouldn't call them an emo band, really.
2: Okay. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> that, all right. Well, that's
2: a, that's a good encapsulation of what uh, continental philosophy episode. is. Yeah, that was a fucking weird way to end the episode. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. So what do you think? What do you think of Con... So who do you like better? The Con philosopher- Yeah. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Why?
1: It just seems... It's more... It seems like there's more varied stuff. And it also seems like it's just more realistic.
2: How is it realistic? Yeah. Just some of that shit. <laughs> what do you mean? Be, be more specific. Don't, I don't you have you any specific
1: examples. More? But I mean, it just seems like some of that stuff, you could be like, yeah, I could see this being a thing. Whereas the other thing is just so fucking annoying. They're just so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can see it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I know what you mean. There are way more thought experiments in analytic philosophy. That's Th- probably why you hate that, them. Yeah. So
1: fuck that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's, that those guys Because can... they're
2: trying to isolate different problems into a very like sterile, like, cut-out environment. And that's the point of the, uh, of the uh, thought experiments. Whereas continental philosophers are a little more freewheeling... And a little more like, like throwing their thoughts out there. Out there. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they're more out there. They're just like, they're just kind of like saying whatever and letting and seeing what sticks. That's sort of like more the continental philosophy. Sometimes vibe, my brother. You just
1: have to see what sticks. Yeah. You know, it's you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a Patreon episode philosophy of the sandman series because i'm rereading it now because i watched the show okay and i just great. realized i could do that
2: yeah all right because w-
1: the thing about this series is that when you reread it the older you get the more stuff you understand i think yeah so it's kind of interesting well okay. i mean i i don't mean the comic but the comic is amazing i mean it's kind of sure. interesting that concept <laughs> so fuck you <laughs> fuck you so fuck you listen to our patreon and fuck you too ben <laughs> <laughs> folks we appreciate you listening. Uh, as always, keep on thinking hard.
2: The truth sucks. <laughs> Evolution rocks. rocks. <laughs> the sea is a bastard. Time is a son of a bitch. Oh, And man. folks, remember. This is important. This is important. If you're not Catholic,
1: you're going to hell. Straight to hell. And here's Back in Your Head by Tegan and Sarah.